I'm Denzel Mohammed. Welcome to Jobmakers. Last time, we heard from Dr. Joshua Beatty on how immigrants aren't just entrepreneurial themselves, but how they also encourage native entrepreneurship. So just imagine what can happen when immigrants and the U.S. born collaborate together on new ideas and businesses. You get, for one example, America's second COVID vaccine. For Josephine Ernie, innovation lead at Swiss Next of Boston and New York, and immigrant from Switzerland, building those collaborations between the highly entrepreneurial Swiss and the world's biggest market, the US, gives rise to incredible innovations that benefit the world. She shares how Swiss Next, the world's first science consulate, has connected these two parts of the world in innovation, entrepreneurship, academia, and the arts since 2000, as well as how they go about fostering collaborative ideas, research, and businesses that mutually benefit both countries. Josephine emphasizes why being open to diversity brings creative solutions, as you'll hear in this week's JobMakers podcast. Josephine Ernie, uh, Innovation Lead at Swissnacks in Boston and New York, the world's first science consulate. Welcome to the JobMakers podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing uh, doing very well. So I said that this is the world's first science consulate, so it's not issuing visas or anything like that. It is uh, fostering uh, innovation and entrepreneurship between Switzerland and the U.S. Um, tell me a little bit more about what Swissnacks is. Yeah, sure. So um, as you already mentioned it, uh, Swissnext um, is part of the Swiss government um, and we connect Switzerland and uh, North America um, and the world um, for, for that matter in science, education, innovation and the arts. Um, as you said, we were founded in 2000 as the world's, world's first science consulate, uh, laying the foundation for what would become uh, the global Swissnext network. Um, and today our team is distributed between um, the Cambridge location in Greater Boston, um, as well as Dumbo. Um, in Brooklyn, where we also have an office. Um, and the, the main vision of Swissnext is really to help unlock the new generation of ideas for Switzerland um, and the world of tomorrow. So it's really focused on creating those uh, collaboration opportunities and making those connections between Switzerland and the rest of the world. And you say the rest of the world because uh, you'll have offices in Brazil, in India, in China. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it, it did start in Boston. It's the first uh, first office. Uh, from there, it expanded um, throughout the U.S. We have three locations, Boston, New York, and San Francisco. Um, but then we also have uh, locations around the world. The latest edition is in Osaka, Japan. Uh, we also have one in South Korea, um, Brazil, London. Um, and we do have um, science uh, counselors that are a part of the um, Swiss embassies abroad as well that are part of the Swiss Next Network. So it's it's definitely a very big network and has grown a lot over the past uh, 22 years, which is really cool to see. And you use the word collaboration, and I want to uh, stay on that for a little bit. Um, one of the uh, purposes of this podcast is to show that uh, foreign-born and, and U.S.-born talent together create incredible ideas. And the 
first thing that again comes to mind is Moderna. It has both immigrant founders and U.S. founders. Tell me a little bit more about the idea of collaborating between Switzerland and North America and what has been the result of, the, of those kinds of collaborations. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe just, you know, also to take it back, I think Switzerland is really founded um, on collaboration, not just between Swiss people, but also internationally. Um, you know, a lot of the, the success is really attributed to um, people who have come to Switzerland from abroad and really like been able to bring their knowledge. Um, you know, for example, the Huguenots, you know, had to flee France and came into Switzerland and brought a lot of their expertise, which in turn then created a lot of innovation that we have in Switzerland. So I think that's one aspect to consider that it's always been part of Swiss, Swiss innovation. Um, and, you know, it's, it's now we are one of the the most innovative countries in the world as a result. Um, and I think that's really great to see. Um, you know, another example is also Basel, for example, with the chemical industry, as you mentioned as well, Moderna. Um, there's a lot of collaboration that would not be possible if it were just, you know, for Switzerland itself. So I think the, the collaboration part is really what makes um, Switzerland a competitive economy as well, but also helps other countries advance their um, technologies. Um, and I think that's really been the, you know, the the best thing about or kind of the advantage that Switzerland has. It has always emphasized that collaboration and openness um, in regards to innovation. And I think that's really been been the key success factor. So let's bring it, bring it into New York and Boston. What kind of programming do you do and how has it been going so far? Yeah, so we have a lot of different uh, programs that we do at Swissnext. Um, so we do focus, as I mentioned, on academia, research and innovation, as well as arts. Um, and we do have programs in all these different areas. Um, academia, for example, we partner a lot with universities from Switzerland and the U.S. Um, and we do, you know, for example, exchange programs that we help, uh, uh, you know, establish. Um, then we have a lot of like innovation boot camps, for example. Um, and then regarding arts, we also do a lot of, of things uh, on the kind of uh, cross between, you know, innovation and arts, because that's quite interesting as well. Um, and then the area that I'm focused on is innovation. Um, and there we have a lot of entrepreneurship uh, programs that we develop. Um, and that's also my role specifically is just uh, developing these entrepreneurship programs. Um, and in that area, what we do is we run um, these startup programs for Swiss startups to explore um, and potentially enter the U.S. market. Uh, we have these twice a year um, where we kick it off with a boot camp where startups kind of learn more about uh, the U.S. market. What are the differences? What are the legal aspects to consider? Um, you know, how does funding work in the U.S.? Um, and then also just generally learning more about the U.S. Uh, business mentality because it is quite different to Switzerland. And I think that's one point where Swissnext is really strong in, in trying to convey these differences. And I think that's also a reason why we exist in the first place is to kind of bridge those gaps, right? Because even, even though you might think U.S. and Switzerland are quite similar, there are a lot of differences. Um, and Swiss people tend to be very modest and very, you know, shy about their technologies and their innovation. So it's really on us to kind of, you know, convey that you have to be a bit more out there um, in the U.S. market. Um, so that's always interesting. But yeah, that's that's part of the boot camps that we have. Um, and then as part of those, the startups get to um, come to the U.S. in person and they get to explore, you know, the markets. 
um, and experience it in person. They get to meet with uh, relevant stakeholders here. And we really try to make those connections. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been really great so far. It's very rewarding to see you know, the efforts that you put in as, as an organizer of these programs. Um, and as I mentioned as well, we had the Sustainable Cities Lab that we just finished, um, which is a special program that we launched this year that is really focusing mainly on um, uh, urban sustainability, which is obviously a huge topic um, generally in the world, I would say, um, but especially in cities. Um, and, you know, New York has done a lot to decarbonize uh, the cities and is looking to to do more so it's super interesting to be able to kind of bring those technologies um from switzerland to the us but also just encourage the, the exchange on these topics i'm picturing the modest swiss at a pitch fest <laughs> <laughs> selling his ideas in front of loud americans i don't know how well that will work <laughs> but uh yeah it is it's vastly different uh you yes. to the us um yes. and of course you the us is the biggest market what is the benefit to the us of the work that you do yeah sure i mean maybe just uh First off, starting off with the economic aspects of the benefits. So, I mean, um, Switzerland is one of the biggest foreign investors in the U.S. It ranks sixth, which is huge, I think, for such a small country that is Switzerland. Um, and then I think another point is also that Switzerland, there's over 500 companies, Swiss companies that have a location in the U.S. and they create over 300,000 jobs. So there's a lot of activity that Switzerland brings to the U.S. Um, and I think just even just from an economic standpoint, I think there's definitely a benefit for, for the U.S. Um, but, but also more on a innovation level or maybe like, um, you know, generating those ideas, um, exchanging knowledge. I think, you know, there's a lot of things that Switzerland is potentially a bit more advanced in for example a good a good example is clean tech right we have had a lot more activity in clean tech in europe than there has been in, in the us and there's really kind of like this delay um and i think so that's one one area where you know it's really beneficial for for us to bring our technologies and, and show what we've been able to accomplish so far and, and really help um accelerate that transition right because it's it's of interest for everyone to to combat climate change. So what has been the results? Give us uh, a sense of some of the innovations and businesses uh, that you've seen in your time at Swissnex or in the history of Swissnex. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the results, you know, it's difficult to measure to start off first because it, it is more about creating the connections and making these you know, being able to enhance the networks that these startups have. Um, so it's, it's difficult to measure these successes. Um, but we do see, you know, that a lot of the startups that come through our camp, they're able to make these connections um, through us and are able to, you know, somehow, you know, create, a, you know, get a new customer, for example, or get more funding. Um, one example is Animatico, which is a VR company um, that went through the Swiss Next internationalization camp, and they were um, acquired by NVIDIA earlier this year. Um, obviously, we can't, you know, take the credit for that directly, but I think it's super cool to see that, you know, these companies that we help, um, you know, they, they do, you know, get acquired and, and have success uh, at later stages. Um, another example is also Climeworks, which uh, operates in the carbon capture space. Um, they're also an ETH spinoff. 
Um, and they also went through a boot camp um, and have since, you know, had huge success um, in the U.S., but also uh, all over the world, you know, in their with their technology. I was just going to mention two more that uh, uh, have open offices in the U.S. since, uh, which is Unique Feed and Hollow One. Um, and then another startup who joined us uh, called Typewise that has joined the Y Combinator as well. So there's definitely a lot of, you know, things that we see in development. It's uh, it's always nice to see. Obviously, you also see the the other side of it. There are, you know, a couple of startups that have, you know, on the way had to had to close their operations and do something else. Um, but I think that's part of entrepreneurship. And I think it's 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 nice to see that range of, you know, what's happening. So, And that speaks to a special kind of person who would stick with it and, you know, try something else, you know, accept that risk. And I think that's, those are the kind of people we want to be uh, coming to America and innovating here. Um, give me the other side of this. Have there been difficulties it, for some of the startups that you've worked with in terms of whether they can remain in the U.S. or whether they had to leave the U.S. because of visa problems. Um, have there been issues like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the U.S. is probably one of the more difficult uh, markets to to crack as a startup. Um, first of all, I mean, it is a huge market, right? It is. It, it's, it's so big. I mean, there's, you know, anything from California to New York, even those are just huge economies in themselves. So I think that's one challenge is that a lot of startups think, oh, the end goal is the U.S. because it is the biggest market in the world. But there are a lot of challenges that come with that. Um, I think really having a good plan on how to enter the U.S. and also, first of all, determining whether it makes sense for a startup to enter in the first place, right? Because a lot of times, you know, there might not necessarily be a customer base that makes sense for you in the U.S. and you might want to go to another country. Um, but once you've determined that there's, you know, a lot of different things that you need to consider, um, I think I, I mentioned it earlier, the the legal aspects of it. So how do you open an entity? You know, how do you make sure that you're all aligned in that? If you're a life science company, for example, you need to make sure that you go through the FDA approval process, which can take a lot of time and money um, that you need to plan for. Um, and then also, you know, getting funding is another challenge. Um, a lot of investors want to see that you have business in the U.S., um, but having business in the U.S. sometimes requires you having funding in the U.S. So it's kind of like a chicken egg problem where um, it can be challenging to to kind of get that first um, foot in the door with a lot of investors as well. And then it goes all the way down to hiring and making sure that you have the right visa to enter the country. Um, I think that, you know, that can be challenging. It can be a long process um, and it takes a lot of time. So we always recommend, you know, make sure that you have those experts on your side, make sure that you, you know, have um, people who can advise you on every single step on the way. But it's great to see that a lot of these, um, you know, startups that we work with, they really are willing to learn. And I mean, the goal for them is really to validate, validate the market, right? Does it make sense? Am I ready to do it right now? Or should I do it later on? Um, so I think that's also where we try to help them determine all these questions. I can't imagine, you know, trying to start a business, get funding and, and bring it to market. And then on top of that, have tons of immigration issues to deal with. Um, and you know the immigration system. They've got visas from everything yeah. from A to Z um, and every number attached to it. 
And when, when the first West Next was founded, it took um, several years, at least a decade before the next one opened. Oh, uh, Swiss Next San Francisco, I think, opened a few years later. But now you have offices around the world, which means that entrepreneurship is not unique to the U.S., it's happening in Canada, it's happening in, in China, it's mm -hmm. happening in Brazil, it's happening in India. Um, so there's stiff competition. Um, have you seen uh, uh, business move from the U.S. to other markets? Yeah, I mean, I think now it's definitely a bit more um, diverse in the sense of where, where startups are able to go. And I think that also makes sense because, you know, <clears throat> for example, if you are startup in agricultural technology, um, I think it, most of the times it would make more sense for you to go to Brazil than New York, you know? So I think having that option to go to different locations where there's a bigger market for it, I think that's definitely a nice thing to see for the startups. Um, and I, I think we have, you know, it has been distributed well um, amongst the countries. Um, I haven't really seen a decline in startups that want to come to the U.S. because the U.S. is interesting for most startups regardless just because it is one of the bigger markets um but you know there's also a lot more startups that have been funded or founded in the last couple of years um so there's definitely you know no big competition between the locations just because uh there's so many so many startups that you know are operating in different spaces and have different interests um a lot of the startups also explore you know um different markets at the same time so they'll go to the us um and then they'll go to china or south korea and you know kind of check all of their options and really make sure what you know and determine um, what what market makes the most sense for them so um ultimately what is why do you think it is so important uh that you as a, a team member at swiss next foster this relationship between uh the northeast usa and switzerland yeah, I think, I mean, I, I mentioned it in the beginning as well. I think Swiss Next vision is to help unlock um, a new generation of ideas um, for Switzerland and the world. Um, and I think, you know, Switzerland being one of the most innovative countries um, and the U.S. Um, being a really big economy, I think it only makes sense to combine what we both, you know, have in terms of knowledge and kind of foster that relationship. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, for example, with the urban um, uh, uh, sustainable cities lab that we just created uh, this year, I think that just also shows that, you know, there's bigger global challenges that we have to tackle. Um, and I think, you know, collaboration and, and, and sharing ideas and generating new ideas through this knowledge exchange is exactly what is needed to tackle those challenges. Um, so I think it, it only makes sense to continue doing that. And I think we need a lot more of it in the future if we want to um, tackle all these challenges. One third of America's Nobel Prize winners historically have been immigrants, have been foreign-born people. They come to our universities and they collaborate with U.S.-born professors and they come up with brilliant ideas in economics and physics and the life sciences. And as you say, global challenges require a global um, thought process, a global um, reach in order to tackle these problems. Very, very well said. Um, so technically, you're an immigrant to the U.S. from Switzerland. Uh, granted, Brooklyn's probably not um, representative of the entire United States. But what has the experience been like for you personally uh, living in the U.S.? 
Yeah, I think it's been um, it's been great, honestly. Um, I think especially New York is such a diverse city that it almost doesn't feel um, like the rest of the U.S. probably. But I think it's great because there's so many different, um, you know, cultures and, and things that are happening in the city. Um, and I think that's, again, one of the, the great things, you know, about being able or being an immigrant in a different country is that you get to learn a lot of new things. You get access to things that you might not have in your own country. Um, and I think that's really a great thing. And you're able to also, you know, give back to, to the country where you live um, by, you know, by whatever knowledge that you were able to share. So um, it's been really great. Um, I do miss the, the good chocolate and cheese, but <laughs> other than that, <laughs> it's been a great experience so far. Amazon. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> get it, get it delivered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this was really delightful. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Josephine Ernie, uh, the innovation lead at Swissnext in Boston and New York. Uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Jobmakers is a weekly podcast about immigrant entrepreneurship and contribution produced by Pioneer Institute, a think tank in Boston, and the Immigrant Learning Center in Malden, Massachusetts, a not-for-profit that gives immigrants a voice. Thank you for joining us for this week's fascinating dive into the entrepreneurship that can arise when nations come together rather than close themselves off. If you know an outstanding immigrant business owner or innovator we should talk to, email Denzil, that's D-N-Z-I-L, at jobmakerspodcast.org. I'm Denzil Mohammed. See you next Thursday at noon for another Jobmakers Podcast.